are those of the host we do this podcast for you guys so that you know you might take something out of it if you don't it's okay but we're gonna say what we want to say have fun listen to us <laughs> so happy martin luther king jr day happy mlk day happy mlk day mlk day mlk day mlk day hey and it's like fate because we're actually recording this on his birthday Woo-woo. and it's coming out on the celebration, the national celebration of his day. He had a dream. We live in it. We live in it. Mm-hmm. So, Maya, what did you do for uh, Christmas break? Nothing productive. <laughs> <laughs> I <here>. actually <laughs> took a legit break. Uh, I'm very happy about that. Um, it gave me some mental time to, you know, unwind, relax, think of everything that I had accomplished in 2018 and everything I plan to accomplish in 2019. And I love that I had a break because I'm starting my semester off pretty damn good. Yep. Me too. For 14 days, I did absolutely nothing. Nada. Did not read. I brought some books that I said I was going to read. I bought books too. That was it. (laughs) I didn't even read the books. I got a couple of Stephen King's. You know, nothing new. Nothing new. (laughs) Michelle Obama's book. Yes. Appreciate you, Sam. Yep. Sam bought me the Michelle Obama book. I loved it. <laughs> and she bought me a Deathly Hallows bracelet. <laughs> it was awesome. It matched my earrings that I wore for my defense. It was yes, really yes. awesome. All right. So, you know, want to know why we didn't work? Because sometimes you just need a break. Yeah. I mean, grad school is supposed to be hard and challenging and complex. But a part of self-care is taking care of yourself. Um, your advisor is a nutcase if he expects you to work during holidays where you should be spending time with your family because you spend every other day working very hard as a graduate student. Everything was great, and I hope you guys had productive breaks, too. Welcome to episode nine of Bitch, Bitch I'm, I'm Just, just trying, trying to Graduate. The title of our episode today is Dealing with Bearers and Being Your Own Advocate. Yes, yes. So in our first episode of the new year, Sam Nika shared her story on successfully defending her dissertation. Yay. <laughs> yes. And some of the bullshit, no, I'm just playing, and some of the bullshit that went down. But of course, that's only one story. And throughout your graduate journey, you're going to have a lot of times where you're going to be having to deal with those type of barriers or just barriers that are created to try to prevent you from getting your degree. So one of the things we want you to avoid in grad school is learned helplessness. This is when you don't have the necessary skills or resources to get the work done. When you experience things long enough, you become depressed and you feel like you will never, ever be able to escape. Mm-hmm. And we have to try our hardest just not to get into that funk. Yeah, I mean, grad school depression is a serious, serious thing. And people who don't, you know, take heed or, you know, become aware of it while it's happening, it can lead to a lot of downfalls. Even you leaving your program, there's been cases of people even doing bodily harm or even suicide because of it. As minoritized individuals, we aren't afforded the same passes and grace, so to speak, as white folks. (laughs) Yeah, not at all. I mean, I'm just going to put it out there. And people don't tell us the rules of the game and yet expect us to play it. Have y'all seen that image of the two people running a marathon and you have the white guy and he has this clear path Mm 
to the finish line but then you have the black female and she has to jump over hurdles and obstacles and things like that mm-hmm. and me, many people think that diversity is just allowing us to get into grad school allowing us to enter the race and they'd be like oh, we let you into grad school that should be enough and it's never enough and they're assholes for saying that I'd like to pause for a minute on the we let you in because I want to make one thing clear to you. Ain't nobody let you do nothing. Uh, No white person will let you into grad school. You earn that shit. You got your GPA. You turned in those transcripts when they were supposed to. You wrote that personal letter, probably with the help of your good Judys and your friends. (laughs) But at the same time, you did what you were supposed to do. You checked off all the, the... the boxes. The boxes, and you crossed all the T's and dotted all the I's, and you got yourself into grad school. Yep. So getting into grad school is just that first part. It's being allowed to run the race because, you know, they used to didn't let us in or they we used to didn't get in here. Mm-hmm. But if you are running an obstacle course, like a Tough mutter, where you're, like, <laughs> covered in mud, it's raining outside, cold, about that all, <laughs> <laughs> all this shit. How are you supposed to win when everyone else has this wide open course, pavement, clear, sunny, 75 degree day? Is is, is that the perfect running temperature? I don't know. <laughs> but whatever. They they just have an easier course to run. So how are you supposed to reach the finish line at the same amount of time without losing a part of yourself? Yeah, it's very discouraging. I will tell you certain things I've seen, people who aren't even finished with dissertation getting jobs. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Like, stuff like that, and you know, like, you're black behind, or minoritized behind, let's be general, um, will probably not even be afforded those same opportunities. And then you kind of have to sit there and be like, look at this privileged person doing mm-hmm. this, knowing that they're about to have a trash dissertation. And trying about- your hardest not to compare yourself mm-hmm. to them. So guess what? We're going to fight. And be our own advocate. There you go. We're going to be our own advocates today, and we're going be- to remove... And lessen the barriers of minoritized individuals and what we face in graduate school and even with our own research opportunities. There's a lot of them. Yep. So let's get into our own personal stories like we always do. Mm-hmm. So Maya, what's some stories of your experience of some barriers that you had to overcome? Whew. Uh, let me see. Well, if you guys should know me by now. So you know that the journey for me as far as grad school got bumpy during the PhD program. Mm -hmm. And it comes from two different things. I do not blame my HBCU background on how bumpy my PhD program has been. Because no one will take away the amazingness Mm -hmm. and the love and joy I had at my HBCU and the amount of training I got, the mentorship that Mm -hmm. I got from my HBCU. Um, I realized coming to a PWI and going into a PhD program there that a lot of people ain't shit. Nope, like not at all. And I mean, I'm not saying that and like they're just trash bags of people that are just like they know they're trash and filth, but a lot of them just don't know how to individualize their students and nurture them. So one of the main experiences I've had as far as being a self-advocate is that I have been trying to be my own advisor in a way. Like, I have my advisor who should be looking over my work and who should be, you know, thinking of me as a student and then me as a future academic, even if I choose not to go into academia. That is their job, is to make sure that I get all the keys necessary to leave them a good academic. Mm -hmm. It is my job 
to self-advocate that I don't I just don't leave as a good academic. I leave as a great academic. Awesome. So the way that I look at things is this is a job. It's a nine to five. I respect people as long as they respect me. Mm-hmm. I will not get crazy with you because I am a black woman in a predominantly white area. And you will not sit there and watch me go off on you. And you will not try to report me to HR for going off on you. <laughs> I'm classier than that. But one thing I will say, a, a personal experience I have, I don't like meetings. More so because I don't feel like people's voices are heard at meetings. But lately, I've been doing really good as far as pure self-advocacy in meetings. So last week, I had my first committee meeting since my original advisor that I had for the program I'm in now passed away. And I'll be honest, going into the meeting, I was a little apprehensive because I was like, this is a new... I had to basically rebuild my committee. But, you know, after, you know, sitting at home, I'm like, all right, this is my committee meeting. I'm going to run it the way I want to run it. And I'm going to organize it the way I want to organize it. And I'm going to do what's good for me. I hate PowerPoints. As y'all remember from the presentation do's and don'ts. Right. (laughs) And creative writing episodes. So my thing was, I sent an email to my entire committee and I said, here are the documents that I have put together for you guys that consist of my dissertation overview Uh and my projected graduation timeline. From there... I want us to just have a roundtable discussion about everything that I'm talking to you about. Uh-huh. I will create a PowerPoint, but I do not plan on using it. <laughs> I put that in the email. I wouldn't even create it one. I made, well, I did it because, you know, some people, they want something tangible. I don't understand why a document uh-huh. wouldn't be tangible enough. But I created it by literally just copy and paste and paragraphs. Oh, so like your 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 yeah. PowerPoint was like, okay, this is the part of the document we're going to yeah. talk about right now. Yeah, pretty much. So... I had it up there, but I didn't even click from, like, the, <laughs> the name page. But it was just, like, the meeting's going to go the way I want it to go. Mm-hmm. But I'm allowing you into my space as a graduate student, and I want you guys to give me constructive criticism mm-hmm. and uh, respectable suggestions on what you think I can do to improve what I'm already doing. Um, I've been in meetings where I personally have felt attacked not so much because of the way that um, or what the person was saying, more so in the way they were saying it. I've been in meetings where somebody wanted to suggest that I look at a different statistical method, but instead of saying, maybe you should try this method or maybe you should research this method, they'll come up to me and be like, I'm kind of shocked that you wouldn't even suggest this method. Oh, damn. Like, have you not even been looking at this? And I want to be like, bitch, no, like, I'm I'm too busy trying to get everything together. But self-advocacy, to me, is already taking the initiative to not even put yourself in that situation where someone can make you feel that uncomfortable. It's Mm -hmm. more so to a point in which you are the boss and you dictate what you do Mm -hmm. and you allow people into your space. I mean, we did, I did say as a grad student, you are both the boss and the employee. So sometimes you have to take that role of. This is my dissertation. You are my committee. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. at the end of the day, look, we all are trying to publish papers and journals and books. And ain't, ain't going to email your advisor if something's wrong or if somebody wants to argue something mm-hmm. on your paper, your your publication, your book. They're going to email you. You are the corresponding author. <laughs> okay. So at the end of the day, yeah, you are to a certain extent your own boss. But going back to this committee meeting, um, I will honestly say it was probably the best experience I had ever had because... I, I called the shots. Mm-hmm. 
I let people know this is what I'm doing. This is my projected time to do this. Mm -hmm. This is what I plan on doing. And I did everything in a respectful and humble way Mm -hmm. in which it was I was still assertive. I was still letting people know, like, I'm taking your idea into consideration, but if it just does not flow, then I don't think I can use it. Yep. But I can meet with you at a later date if I need to. I did. I checked all the boxes. I felt really, really good about it. And at the end of the day, ain't nothing really changed. People were really proud. And, you know, it was a good energy walking out of that room because I felt like an actual graduate student who was getting shit done. And they felt like I was a graduate student who was getting shit who done. Was getting shit done. <laughs> and that's what you want. Best of both worlds. All right. Come on, Sam. Tell us your story. All right. So my road to graduating has been a bit challenging. Most people think that from the outside, it kind of seems like I'm... My stuff has been pretty easily, but I've, I've had a couple of challenges, probably not as much as other people that I've heard, which thank God. Mm-hmm. The most challenging barrier that I've said that I had is my PhD timeline. So I've had, I, you know, from year one, I created a timeline for myself. I was like, I'm not going to take more than five years. And the reason I said five years is because I'm only guaranteed five years of funding. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be in year six where I'm like, I don't know where I'm going to get my next funding opportunity from. I don't know if I'm going to have a TA or GA or whatever. So I didn't want, or just, hey, the fact that I'm black, they'd be like, hey, we told you five years. You know, I ain't lying. I have been through all of that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, we told you five years. You ain't finished in five years. You're not making satisfactory progress. We're kicking you out. So throughout the years, whenever my timeline was brought up, there was some skepticisms as to whether I could adhere to it. Whether I was going too fast, um, I ended up taking my prelims and my quals at the end of my second year. Most people take it in year three. We're not required to take it until semester five, so at the beginning of year three. But a lot of people do it at the end of year three or where they have to, like, go into year four. But see, I think they only do that. All right. All right. Off record. Mm-hmm. But not really. I kind of feel like they forced the black people to do their prelims earlier than most of the white folks here yeah well they don't force no it was me trying to do it and they wouldn't they they were they were resistant to it i feel like they push minoritized people to try to speed them through things or they let other people have all this leeway like yeah so talk um, about you white guy yeah (laughs) so most people take it in year three so trying to actually schedule my prelim was like hell because it wasn't a priority for people. It seems like my program, they're used to grad students doing things last minute at the 12th hour asking for an extension. And it never occurred to me to ask for an extension because, you know, that's one of those unwritten rules that you can ask for an extension. And honestly, I believe as a black woman, if I asked for an extension, they would have been like, no. You don't need one. No. You're not making satisfactory progress. We're kicking you out the program. We already know who you're talking about. Her favorite thing to say is you aren't making satisfactory progress. Dolores Unbridge. Half of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's take my defense in late November. So I've been preparing for this since day one. I was like, I'm going to. My goal was to graduate in December 2019. But since I got a fellowship, might as well stay here, right? While I'm getting paid. So um, anyway, when it was time for me to actually set a date, my advisor was like, oh, there's so much stuff going on. You know, there's another lab member he's trying to defend around that time. And I don't know if I could work on both of you guys' stuff. And he was doing this thing with the class. And I'm just like, okay, not my problem. 
<laughs> like, so seriously, not my problem. So he was like, so since you're not graduating in the spring, why don't you just defend it in the spring? And my rationale for that was because there were two other people that were trying to, going, that the intention at that time was for them to finish in the spring. And then he also teaches two classes. So to have three students defend in the spring and him teaching classes, I knew that 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 was just amount of pressure that I did not want. Plus, I was already done with my shit. So why should I just sit there twiddling my thumbs? And I actually kind of said this to him while I'm waiting <laughs> because he wants to like slow down. So over the course of about a week, he gave me several excuses, which in my head was not my problem. <laughs> I had to be firm and diplomatic at the same time in my decision to defend in late November. Now, I don't want y'all thinking that I'm an asshole graduate student who wanted to defend when I'm not ready. No, no, no one thinks that. You're an (laughs) asshole? No. No. So um, I actually asked him, did did he think that I wasn't ready to defend right now? And he's like, no, he thought I was ready. It's just he didn't think that he had the time. He was trying to get this other grad student out, and he was focusing on things. And he said, yeah, it's kind of my fault. And I'm like... Well, I mean, I don't think I should be... I literally was like, I don't think I should be punished because of something you did or something someone else has did. If I've done everything that I was supposed to do, why should I have to wait a couple of months to defend? Mm-hmm. So, and the thing about this other student that was supposed to be defending, guess what? He hasn't defended yet. He's like a seven-year graduate student at this point. Uh-huh. Shit. Supposed to defend next week. It looks like everything is in order for him to defend next week. We'll see. Um, I think it probably will happen. May the odds be in his favor. May the odds be in his favor. But, um, yeah, so, like, last semester, I had all of my chapters written. Like, I had two papers already published. The last chapter was already written. This other person that was supposedly supposed to finish didn't even have his third chapter written. So who should be prioritized? You. Right. But when people look at it, hmm, white male versus black female, hmm, who are we going to choose? Oh, fuck that. I know, right? <laughs> um, so basically it was Samika, who got her shit together, put on the back burner for a white man. Nope, I wasn't having that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I couldn't be outwardly angry about it. I couldn't just really point that out and be like, oh, you're choosing him over me, blah, 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 and start crying and whatnot. I had to, like I said, be a little bit diplomatic about it. I pointed out that all my chapters were already written. I didn't say that somebody else's chapters weren't written. I just said all mine are written, two are published. Mm-hmm. Um, I already have my exit seminar scheduled. And according to his ground rules that my advisor set forth on the first year, that his turnaround time is two weeks. Okay, and, just, for a minute, uh-huh. I want to unpack one thing. I need all advisors, I don't care mm-hmm. your race or nationality or whatever, um, I want you to understand that your minoritized graduate students should be able to feel vulnerable around you. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't necessarily feel like I should be coming to my advisor crying or upset, like Sam, Sam didn't come to her advisor crying or upset. But I don't know if I could have. Right. But right. the fact that you don't even feel comfortable enough to be like, I'm in a stressed out. I'm I'm so stressed out that I can't even like come to you the way I think I feel I should be able to. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all need to work on that. Yeah, let us have emotions. Let let your minoritized students have emotions. Right. All right. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. Um, so two of my chapters have already been published. One of them, my, he had already seen once. His rule was he needs to see them twice. Mm-hmm. And the turnaround time is two weeks. And this was three months before I had been scheduled to defend. So I kind of pointed out to him. You had done the damn thing. I think 
you would have plenty of time to read my one chapter yeah. one more time in three months. And he was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Okay, go ahead and schedule it. <laughs> <laughs> um, what ended up happening, I didn't defend in late November. Ended up defending in early November because um, just scheduling conflicts or whatnot. Um, but... I got to defend, but it was because I had to be an advocate for myself. Mm-hmm. Now, because, you know, sometimes advisors expect you to be like, they say, no, you can defend in the spring. And they expect you to be like, okay, I'll do that. Mm-mm. Now, if, if so you got your shit together. Fight for it. Yeah, because then the thing is, I've noticed is every, and the reason why I wanted to defend in the fall is I've noticed a pattern over the last five years. Everyone that tries to defend in the spring doesn't graduate until summer. Because he's focused on his classes. Oh, fuck that. And yeah. they wait till the last. And well, it's partially not him, but it's them. They don't actually, they be like, oh, I'm defending in the spring. He's going to give me all of his time. And he's like, no, no I'm not. I got classes. I got and classes. Other things. <laughs> yeah, I always, the best thing you can always do in situations like that is like, hey, what's your availability? Mm-hmm. What is it that you plan to do? And if you got any long trips, no. Let me know so I can schedule around that shit. Life hack for most graduate students, the fall semester is the semester to get shit done. Your spring semester should be your semester to coast. Yeah. Work I'm your hardest. <laughs> yeah. Work your hardest in the fall. And let spring and summer be like early field studies and shit like that. Like you should do everything you need to do as far as being on campus in the fall. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, because yeah, spring you're getting ready for field work or anything like that. Yeah. Like for me, this semester right now, I am just applying for jobs. Hopefully, I get some interviews so I can be gone. Like that was my plan. Yeah. This is job hunting season. And for me, this is field work season. So getting ready for my, work. I'm about to be in Florida for a couple of weeks and then back, and there's gonna be a whole bunch of back and forth. We definitely want Harry Potter though. Oh hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so before we move on to the next section in which we're going to talk about some more things before we go into our tips, let's have a quick word from our sponsor. Now that we're back from our ad, before we get into our tips, I want to talk a little bit about emotional intelligence, which is a good thing to have when dealing with barriers. Remember when I talked about that Jedi mind tricking your advisor? Hey, <laughs> this Star Wars is, friend. <laughs> this is a good way to do that. So yesterday, I got an in-depth lecture about emotional intelligence, which is defined as the capacity to be aware of, control, and express one's emotions, and to handle interpersonal relationships judiciously and empathetically. But to be emotional intelligent is learning how to be aware of not only your emotions, but others, and know how to deal with them. And in academia, we're kind of taught not to be emotional. Mm -hmm. And even as women, as black women, you know, that stereotype of the angry black woman. Hello. People tend to think being angry is an irrational emotion. But anger is often a result of injustice. Anger lets you know that something needs to be changed. So if you're angry, that's rational. Now it's what you do about it that actually matters. Mm-hmm. So I'm not showing that you, so I'm not saying that when you're angry about anything that happens in your grad school journey that you need to be outward hawk smash burn this shit down. Yeah. No. You need to be in control, but anger is that identifier that something is wrong, so you need to let it in, realize that you're angry, and then figure out what you need to do with it. I mean, basically you're just Turning that anger into a constructive yep. outlet. You have to make it constructive. Decolonize these hoes. <laughs> yeah. And as minority and as minoritized grad students, we have every 
right to be angry because we have to fight tooth and nail to get our degree. We do. Of course, you know, in society, there tends to be this hierarchy of who is allowed to show emotion and mainly who white isn't. Men. It's mainly white men. Mainly white, white men. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, and usually it's those in power, which means your advisor. So, while it's okay to be anxious or fearful or angry, we have to be careful for how we show that. Last year, as I told you guys, I was so angry. I was ready to just burn shit down. I almost sent an email. That would have got me kicked out of my program. But I went to the gym with Maya. Mm-hmm. We did cardio. Yep. And I still sent an email. It was less angry. I still had a little bit of a talking to, a debrief, because uh, apparently it wasn't as diplomatic as it should have been, or as they thought it should have been. But guess what? Shit got done, right? That yeah, paper yeah. got published. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> so, basically, I will advise all of you to google emotional intelligence try to see where you fall on that there's some tips of how to improve your emotional intelligence how to regulate your own emotions and manage your own emotions also how to recognize other people's emotions um and in my tips i'm going to talk a little bit about some things about the that kind of goes into emotional intelligence but i just thought that was like there was this it was just this theory that when i was sitting in class last night i was like oh my god i need to tell them about this Mm-hmm. So, now let's talk about some tips on how to be your own advocate. Whew. <laughs> well, mm. still, <laughs> I mean, you just kind of lifted my soul with that emotional intelligence. I, like, I, I mean, so there I was there were some stats that said people that are more emotionally intelligent make more money. Yeah. They're more likely to be in leadership positions. Basically, they're not acting like assholes. So they get promoted and shit. Because... All right, it's a slippery slope I'm learning with academia. Mm-hmm. It's like you got to be a hard ass to get your stuff done and completed. Yep. But at the same time, you need to be able to show personality and empathy and be able to um, put yourself in other people's spaces without feeling like you're always trying to take control mm-hmm. or monopolize their space. And it's really hard because I've, I've definitely learned not to be as much as a control freak as I used to be. Yeah. Maya has definitely helped me with that because she will check me in a moment. I will. I'll be like, hey, look, sis, you're awkward. <laughs> Fix that. And I mean, and, and it just comes with, like, some people, I don't know. It's like we complement each other pretty yeah. well because, like, there's certain things in academia that I'd be like, look, I ain't doing that. And you'd be like, you got to. Yeah. And then it'd be certain social stuff that you'd be like, I ain't oh. doing that. And I'd be like, bro, you got to. So, like, I don't think I needed to be joining the fucking grid before class. <laughs> yeah, don't do that anymore. <laughs> I wanted to go to sleep, but I still got good stuff out of it. Yeah. And I mean, thank you for sharing that. That was pretty amazing. Thanks. All right. So, like Sam said, we're going to get into these tips. And I guess I'll go first with a couple of them. So, the first tip is pretty much a standard tip that everyone should know know what you want and work for you. Mm-hmm. You know what. You know what you want, you know how you work, and what benefits you. Work hard to advocate for your well-being and your happiness. Like, you, at the end of the day, are your own boss. Your PhD is yours to get. Mm -hmm. You got an advisor, but your advisor isn't going to sit there and analyze your data or write it up. Or if you know that your advisor might not know something and you don't know it and your committee member might, your advisor's not going to set up a meeting meeting between you and that committee member. You have to do it. You have to be the person in charge of you. Yep. 
So I actually have a tip that actually complements that one. Come on. Um, it's, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Because you know what you need to do to get your degree. Yes, Lord. Did your advisor tell you not to take that stats class that you can just learn that method on your own? And you know you can't register for that stats class. Okay. And just be like, oh, you did you, Did you say that? Well, I'm already registered. I already paid for it. Uh, I guess I got to take it. Because I'm going to let you know something right quick. I ain't doing your stats. Like, I'm over here trying to, to learn mine. <laughs> so. Are you interested in improving your teaching and pedagogy? Register for that course in that education department. Better yet, get the minor like I did. Because you know you want to be a teacher. Yeah. You want to be a good-ass teacher. You don't want to be one of these shitty teachers. So if you know that you need to do a little extra step, a little extra on, mm-hmm. do it. All right, so the second tip that I have is find your allies and real friends. Create your own support network. Now, self-advocacy means that you are in control of you. But at the same time, you need self-care. You need to be able to release some pent-up frustrations that all people do and talk to people about them. Now, some people might not have a lot of allies Mm -hmm. and might not have a lot of good friends around them. So they might choose to do therapy or any other way, and that is perfectly fine. But if you know that you have a good support system of academics around you that you feel comfortable talking to, and not just in a work setting, but also in like a, hey, let's go out and just, you know, release some of our attention by just talking about some stuff. If you have a good group of people around you that can do that with, do it. Yeah. So in building off that, start small. Mm-hmm. Or better yet, don't let the small things go. So when you're talking about trying to reduce these barriers and being your own advocate, don't let, oh, that was just a little thing, a minor thing. I can just let that go. And it's not that important. Because it is. Because when you let these small little microaggressions pass without saying anything, it builds and it builds. And the next thing you know, you're standing in front of the entire audience or your entire department screaming and yelling talking about bitch you know what i'm from detroit i ain't no yeah yeah and they're gonna be like what the fuck they'll force you to have a nervous breakdown in front of some of these people you can't be that way (laughs) yeah so um you don't want to have that that was one thing in our class he's played this uh, video from key and peel about at the uh airport oh yeah where he was boarding pass number one but he was like okay veterans babies veterans with babies old people with veterans and babies and he was just about to explode don't let that happen to you so the next tip is to use all the tools you can to succeed don't just rely on your advisor or the university Mm -hmm. so i know i just said to find your allies and your real friends but also you still gotta do the grunt work yep Like, you still have to find all the tools that can help you to succeed and do what you need to do. Just like what Sam said, if you need to be in that stats class, because you know your ass can't do stats, take that damn stats class. Or if you need some extra help with writing, go get help in writing. I know me, I've had to take classes through online courses and stuff like that just to make sure I know stuff. I don't have an issue going on Google and finding, like, YouTube tutorials on how to run this in R or Stata or anything like that, and then how to interpret what I've just ran. Um, that sometimes, that builds character to you. That helps you to become a better person and a better scientist. That helps you to be out there and know how to be a great investigator. So you mm-hmm. have to look at these skills in a different way. Do not just rely on everybody around you 
to help you. They trying to help their damn selves too. And building off that, understand that not everyone will tell you their struggle. Nope. So while you may think, oh, well, I don't know how to do this, but everyone else knows how to do this. So I shouldn't even bring it up that I don't know how to do this because then they're going to think I'm stupid. There's this phenomenon called pluralistic ignorance. That's when I don't know the answer, but I think Maya know the answer, but I don't want to tell Maya I don't know the answer. But also Maya doesn't know the answer, but she don't want to tell me she don't know the answer because she thinks I know the answer. So we both don't know the answer, but we think that everybody know the answer. So we just being ignorant together. Yeah, we just going to be ignorant <laughs> together. And that to me is so high school and undergrad. I'd be in grad school and I'd be looking at people and I'd be like, hey, you know what this is? Because <laughs> I don't know what it is. Help me. <laughs> like Yeah, so yeah, do that. Like don't be like most teachers say there's no such thing as a stupid question. Um, I would argue there are some things that are stupid questions, but the most stupid question is the question that goes unanswered. That is or true. Or unasked. Yeah. Perfect way to sum that up. Um, another tip we have is <clears throat> no one is perfect, okay? Mm-hmm. I ain't perfect. Simnika ain't perfect. Nope. Mm, nobody perfect. So embrace your flaws and inconsistencies. Mm-hmm. As a grad student, challenge yourself to improve them. And that goes basically with the last step we just talked about or the last tip we just talked about. And it was like, you know what you need to do to be better at what you plan on doing. Yep. Go out there and improve it. If you know that you don't do well with writing, force yourself to write. If you know that, look, hey, I don't really care about this subject, but I know that I'm going to need to know it for the rest of my life, go get some extra help. Yep. And my next tip would be understand that everyone has different barriers placed upon them. Yes. Don't think that just because someone else is not having a hard time that there's something wrong with you because you are having a hard time. Oh, yeah. The accomplishments of someone else doesn't diminish your struggles and vice versa. Their struggles doesn't um, diminish yours. This isn't a competition. We all trying to work together to get to the same place. To get to the same place. When she's talking about those type of struggles, we mean this on like a gender... Uh, yeah, a race, all type of the plight and the struggles of a black man in grad school. We're not comparing that with black women. We are not comparing that with black women. Like, we already know they're different. Mm-hmm. Like, we do. But we're not going to argue over who got it harder. No, hell no. We got to work together. That. Your black ass trying to graduate too. Exactly. <laughs> now nah, we will talk about white people at all. Yeah, we will. <laughs> y'all just got advantages. Yeah. White privilege. So, my next tip. It's <laughs> to be confident in yourself, but be humble. Yep. Do not be an asshole. Sit down. Be Do humble. not be an asshole. <laughs> Let other people speak and embrace collaborations if needed. Mm-hmm. I stress this all the time because I feel that most people struggle with being confident and knowing that you are the shit at what you do. Mm-hmm. But then the they way too far. they take it too far, it's like, you know, you're smart. You know, you're surrounded by smart people. There is no reason for you to feel like you got to be the smartest person in the room. We all smart. We probably just don't know what the hell you know. And you probably don't know what the hell we know. We are. The purpose of our Ph.D. is to be good at what our thing is. Yeah. I'm a disease ecologist. You're Special a, epidemiologist. We are. I don't know shit about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So, and that's the thing. It's, I think when a person gets to the point where they feel like they know everything there is to know about a craft, you have officially failed at academia. Because the true goal of an academia, 
academic to me is to always have a thirst for knowledge. Yep. When you feel like you've obtained everything you need to attain for it, you suck. <laughs> you I'm become just, one of those grumpy old white men yeah. that act like, oh, You're I'm a grumpy just, asshole no. now, and you're just going to be one, and you're going to be reason why innovative people will probably get papers rejected because it's not the way you like it. Mm-hmm. And, um, of course, building upon that. Give people a chance to explain themselves. So don't, before you take things the wrong way or before you interpret them, try to figure out what they mean. So, of course, this involves asking. So Mm -hmm. you need to ask them, be like, hey, so you said this. This is my interpretation. Can you correct the record or if this is what is my interpretation is correct? Yeah. Now, if they say, yeah, I'm a fucking asshole. I know everything. Okay, then we just take it from there. Yeah, appreciate you, dog. All right, bye. <laughs> but maybe they're like, oh, well, no, that's not what I meant to do or say. This deals with barriers, too, when someone's like, hey, like my thing about they're like, hey, you, um, so you, you express concerns about this outline, and it seems like you don't want me to be in this uh, PhD program. I, I, this is what I'm taking from it. Is that what? Oh, well, no, this is, uh, we can talk about it. No, we don't need to talk about it as long as you ain't trying to kick me out. I'm good, right? Appreciate you. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's so well summed up. Like, look, some people just trash, y'all. But, I mean, it's not the way, the, the true way of self-advocacy mm-hmm. is you not getting in the garbage can with them. Yeah, don't, don't get too, too much in your feelings. Regulate those emotions and figure out what you need to, what those emotions are telling you, yeah. and what you need to overcome the barrier that is placing your way. They be Oscar the Grouch, you be Big Bird. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Big Bird or I Barney like or Barney. Yeah, I love you. We're not doing that. It's canceled. <laughs> All right. So next tip, and my final tip: share the wealth. Be a mentor. So the best way I've learned to be a self advocate is to put yourselves in the shoes of somebody in power. Mm -hmm. Um, Every summer, I try to get a summer student from my alma mater, Tuskegee University, TU, you know, woo-woo. So I always try to get a student who has a thirst for knowledge and a love for science. Mm -hmm. And I want them to be put in a situation that I'm in. Like, they have to deal with the type of people I have to deal with on a regular basis. They have to get they have to understand the type of research that I do. Mm-hmm. And then they talk to me about it. Like, how do you do this? Mm-hmm. How do you feel about meetings like this? Or this made me so uncomfortable. How do you deal with it? Mm-hmm. That kind of helps you hone your craft on how to advocate for others as well as looking at looking at how they see you from their perspective for yourself. It's great. I've done it for like two or three summers. It makes me feel really, really good. You know, I'd be like, mm, yeah, I'm passing on knowledge. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it also lets me learn, like, okay, I didn't like how this person handled this with you, and I'm not going to allow them to do this to you or me ever again. Right. Or I think that you should be more assertive in this situation, which will cause me to be more assertive with you and that person who you need to be assertive with. So it actually helps to train me to be a better academic. I love how we wrote these tips separately, but they just, like, they piggyback off each other. Yep. So my last tip is to be honest with both yourself and others. So this is, again, like, most of my tips are based on this emotional intelligence thing. So when you feel like you're on the receiving end of a barrier that's put in your place, a microaggression or something like that, first, you need to be honest with yourself. Don't deny that you feel that way. 
Recognize the emotion. Are you angry? Are you sad? Are you anxious? Anything? And let the other person know. So you need to be honest with yourself with how you feel and you need to tell the other person how that made you feel. You need to make your thinking process visible to others. So just a brief example. Sometime in like the last couple of years, I can't remember exactly, but there was a time where my lab mates were interfering with my research process, my, my, my research progress, because they kept asking me questions to the point that I wasn't able to get shit done because I got four or five people come to me. How do you do this in R? How do you do this in stats? Because, you know, they, they which is stupid. They were like, oh, you're the stats guy. Like, I know stats. And yeah, I know stats, but I learned that shit on my own. Y'all need to learn that shit on y'all own too. Yep. And at this point, I wasn't even a senior grad student. And I hate being like, I at that point, I felt like I was to help. They're like, oh, she's here. She knows stats. I'll just ask her instead of Googling and learning <laughs> my own. I can just get her to do it. So what I ended up doing was, first I talked to my advisor, and I let him know, it's like, hey, I feel like they are coming to me asking me too much stuff. I'm not able to do my research. So I want to let you know that I'm about to stop asking and answering any questions. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you why. So I let him know what I was feeling. And then that way, when I stopped answering their questions, they couldn't go to him saying, she's not being a team player. Because I'm like, every single one of them is asking me questions. I don't mind occasionally asking me questions, but this is why I implemented this rule. If you haven't searched the answer for like one or two hours, don't ask me because you're not putting any work into it. Yeah, I completely agree. Yep. So that's all for our tips. Y'all got 12 of them this time. I know. <laughs> Special. Just spitting some knowledge to y'all. Okay. So, you know, we're pretty much finna wrap up the episode right here. We're in this cozy new studio. Yeah. So, I mean, it's hot. It's hot. <laughs> we dedicated to this podcast. I'm here sweating. <laughs> but hopefully we'll be back in our normal Regular. home mm-hmm. soon where we get to sit down. I know. Have separate microphones. Okay. <laughs> and just get to relax because literally you know, we have been like... standing up for like an hour and a half recording this. Okay. Well, like we like we do whopping in here. People walking by thinking we crazy. But we love y'all. We want to spit this knowledge because we know those that came before us haven't done this. So we want to pass this on to the next the current generation and the next. Yeah, pretty much. Like, we love y'all. Because, bitch, we just, just trying to graduate. graduate.